There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. What led up to the moment that you first believed? Was it in a conversation with a friend? Sometimes when we talk about being an, a person who's a witness or sharing a, the gospel message by way of evangelism, we think of one method or another, but there might be a variety of ways that people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And you can be a part of our conversation today. 1-800-316-316 to join in the conversation. It's significant to have a conversation like this today because this coming weekend on Saturday is what's known as the Global Outreach Day. Uh, you've been hearing me talk about what is called the National Day of Thanks. Well, this is a separate issue, a separate event that's happening, but they are happening on the same day and they are very significant when we talk about the way that we actually reach out to a community, connecting with a community, sharing the gospel message with the community and people coming to faith in Christ. Well, to talk through some of these issues today, always great to be able to welcome Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim to join us. Hello, Stu. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil. Great to be here. Well, we're going to be opening the talkback lines and wanting listeners to be part of our conversation today because there are a variety of ways that the gospel can be shared. Now, the essence of that message, I guess, remains steady and uh, there are elements to that message and we'll talk through that sort of thing again through the hour. Sure. Uh, but, uh, but the variety of ways, sometimes we get locked into there's just one way of evangelizing, but there are actually a lot of different methods. Sure, absolutely. I mean, the message hasn't changed for the last 2,000 years, but the, definitely the delivery has. And uh, we, we even see in the scriptures as Paul went from city to city to city preaching the gospel or the word as it's often put. Um, you know, he, he gave a, a different type of message to different people. He connected with the culture. He quoted their poets. He talked about their, their statues of their gods. He, he, he connected with where they're at, and then he communicated the gospel. And today we've got unprecedented opportunity to share the gospel through technology, through the web, through a whole lot of different means. And when we talk about this global outreach day, I mean, this is not just a little local initiative. This is seriously a global outreach day, and it gains in momentum each year. Uh, yep. You've got some real connection uh, to global outreach day. Uh, what does it really mean? Well, I actually got to meet the two founders of global outreach day, uh, the two German guys, and they came through Brisbane uh, a month and a half ago or so, and uh, had a privilege of meeting them. They're they amazing guys. And and in about five years' time, they've uh, developed this Global Outreach Day, really. And I, I think that one of the key reasons that, that this has developed so quickly and so globally, because there's about 15 million Christians going to be involved this weekend. That's wow. amazing. It, that's, uh, that's right. The mind boggles yeah. uh, to think of the numbers that get involved with this event. Yeah. I mean, it's the largest evangelism mobilization event in the world. 
So, I mean, and it's come out of nowhere, you know, and these guys have had a, a word from God to start this up and they're, they're passionate about it. But I think one of the reasons it really works is that we can have a focus as Christians. We can join in unity with others all around the world and say, this day, the last Saturday in May, we're all going to go and do something to reach people with the gospel. And that's really feasible. It's, you know, if I say to you, Neil, hey, you've got to reach someone with the gospel every day, uh, you might be going, well, that, that's a bit much. How do I find people? You know, but if I say, hey, look, one day a year, that's that's feasible, that's doable. And I think, um, you know, a lot of pastors are getting on board with this and saying, hey, let's do this because I can encourage my people to reach someone on this day. And, and it's exciting. It's, it's great to be a part of it. You know, what I think is exciting when you have a particular day with a particular focus Mm -hmm. is that what brings things to front of mind, uh, what brings new skills uh, that translate into our regular lifestyle, sometimes Mm. these things happen when there is a particular day, when there's a particular focus. It's like when you're in church and there's a a focus on missions in your church and you think, well, I wasn't really even thinking about missions, but now that we've had a missions conference or we've had a missions focus, all of a sudden I'm aware of those of those things. So, so having a particular day mm. where you talk about global outreach and sharing the gospel with people, it, it does bring, it, it raises us up a, a new level, doesn't it? Absolutely. And uh, I mean, Campus Crusade for Christ statistics say only 2% of Christians in the Western church regularly share their faith. And, and that's a crisis because we've got a, a whole world to reach. Jesus said to go into all the world and reach, the, you know, preach the gospel. So it's, it's we've got this, this large task to do. And when I first heard about Global Outreach Day, I was thinking, what do you mean? Every day is Global Outreach Day, <laughs> you know. But then it's exactly what you've just said there, because when we have a focus and an excitement and we're all joining together to reach someone on this day, well, the next day comes and you go, you know what? I, I reached someone yesterday. I, I could actually reach someone today. And it, and that focus hopefully will transmit uh, into people's lives and and it won't just be one day. It'll be like, hey, if I can do it one day, I can do it another day and, and another day and another day, you know, and hopefully it'll uh, also uh, encourage us to seek some training and some tools. And we're going to be talking about tools and ways of reaching people with the gospel today. But, you know, because the question has to be asked, well, if I'm going to reach someone on Saturday with the gospel, well, how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and is it the case, because there are such a variety of methods for sharing the gospel, that somehow or other you could be overwhelmed by all of those and think, oh, I can't share the gospel until I know how to do all of those different methods. But that's not the case. Really, it comes down to finding one where mm. the shoe the shoe fits. Absolutely. Uh, where it's yeah. it's like, this is your fit. This is how you actually share the gospel. Sure. And I think um, you're right. I mean, some some things will be working for some people, and some things will be working for other people. And we're all different, and we different tools will work for different people. But also, I think different tools work for different scenarios as well. I mean, if I'm, if I, you know, I, I love using the G7 app. You know, and we've talked about it on the show before. It's a it's a fantastic way of communicating the gospel. But it takes about six minutes to go through the gospel with someone on on your iPhone or iPad or Android tablet or, or phone. So you're standing there side by side going through the gospel message. It's visual. It's interesting. It's a great way to share. But if I'm buying some gas after I've you know, put some gas in my car and I'm up there and I've got five people behind me in the line and I'm wanting to share the gospel with the person behind the counter, I'm not going to pull out my G7 app. Hey, you got six minutes for me. It's not going to be appreciated or appropriate. And I think it's about being appropriate to the setting as well. And um, Sometimes, you know, some of the negativity, to, you know, with Christians towards evangelism is sometimes we think we have to be inappropriate and force the gospel on someone at an inappropriate moment. But 
really we 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 can be we can be better than that you know this is the best message of all time we've got to be the best that we can be and the most appropriate that we can be in communicating with people so if in that case of the the the, uh, the service station i'd i'd give them an answers about life.com card I've, I've made up some little business cards and it's got just all it's got on it is answers about life.com check it out i say hey have you seen this website check it out when you get a chance and then i walk out it's it's 3 seconds you know and then hopefully they'll have a look at that site and hear the gospel well, wanting to hear some stories today, and uh, you know, if you've got a, a particular story, and it doesn't have to be the most outlandish uh, or the most exciting, sometimes we actually like to think of uh, one testimony is more exciting than another, uh, just the way that you responded to the gospel when you first believed. Now, mm. if I was uh, sharing my experience, well, I came to Christ on a church camp. Okay. And uh, I can I can identify it was the Australia Day camp back in 1979 uh, wow. in Harvey Bay uh, in Queensland, and it was uh, it was at a Baptist youth camp, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was at a time when when I experienced not just a message to respond to, but there was there was a camaraderie, a friendship. Mm. There was the uh, there was obviously the lessons that you'd go through if you're on, mm. a, on a church camp. So you're having fun, you're meeting people. There's a whole uh, thing that's going on. And mm. uh, and I responded to Christ not in an altar call, but just in the top bunk in the boys' dormitory uh, as a 14 year old. And uh, and came to Christ and made that decision to follow Him on that time. So, so if you if you say, well, what were the influences? Well, it was uh, camp, and there yeah. were uh, messages. Mm-hmm. There was the camaraderie, the love, uh, the friendship, uh, the friendship that mm-hmm. that, that came uh, in that time. And so, mm-hmm. this created an environment to believe. And mm-hmm. so, that's when I made a decision to follow Jesus. What about yourself, Stu? What was uh, what was the thing that the lead up to your eventual uh, making a decision to follow Jesus? There's a couple of key uh, things that I remember. Um, One was at at primary school having a Bible and school teacher. It wasn't just dry and boring and just going through the books, you know, like she actually knew Jesus and and she had a life about her. And there was something about her that I thought, I want that. I want to be a Christian. Now, my parents aren't Christians. They're still pre-Christians. We're still praying for them and uh, and sharing as, as, as we can. But uh, so, but they they did have a um, a church affiliation, and um, they we I ended up in a, in a youth group in that church, and uh, the youth group was fantastic. I learned about God, I believed in God, and everything. But I hadn't actually stepped over the line until I went to a youth Christ rally, and again I, I heard a testimony of someone, and I just thought I want that. Now I freaked out. I, they asked me to come forward, and all these people going forward, and I was frozen in my seat, near like. Couldn't move, and I'm like, I really want to go up there, but I'm too ashamed to get out of my chair and push past people, you know. And I thought the next time that I have an opportunity, I, I was really slacked off with myself. I thought the next time I have an opportunity, I'm going to do it. And it was actually not far after that there was a, an outreach at, a, at an Anglican church, a youth youth outreach, and someone shared the gospel and said, "Come forward if you want to receive Christ." And I'm no, nah, I'm doing it straight away. I'm like, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to get locked into my chair. And I just yeah. So, uh, yeah, a number of different influences there, but um, God God was had his hand on my life. Inevitably, there are a number of influences that happen along the pathway yes. uh, because there is a journey that you're mm. on. And, and, you know, if we can get really theological about it, we'd say that God is leading us on a journey towards a point where we will That's believe. Right. And, uh, you know, people have speculated as to, you know, how many times there'll be a 
an interaction with some element of that journey that brings you to a point where you can actually put your faith in Christ and you've actually made a decision. Mm. And mm. Uh, in that moment, a, a life that is transformed. Yes. Uh, so, But this, this journey that we're on, when we yes. talk about sharing the gospel with the mm. expectation of an instant soul-winning opportunity, mm. sometimes it's just a part of the journey that someone's on and you just happen to be in the right place at the right time You've got to say that that's sort of a divine encounter. Sure, absolutely, and I think you know it's a really important point that that people are on a journey, and that this is this is God's work. It's not ours. We we sometimes overemphasize how much importance we have in in the process, and we think we can take someone from being an atheist to committing them the life to Christ in one sitting, and we've got to get them converted. You know, but it's God's work, and we're just joining with Him in His rescue plan for the world, and so. We're a link in the chain, and if we can take that relaxed approach, it stops us being a, a high-pressure salesman, a bully, trying to get someone to do something they don't want to do and they're not ready to do, um, rather than saying, you know what, all I want to do is encourage this person another step closer to, to, to coming to know Christ. And, and if they're way out here as, a, as an atheist, they don't even believe in God, I want to talk to them about maybe God is there and get them, get them thinking Maybe God is there. Change them into an agnostic. If they're an agnostic, I'm going to say, well, maybe you can know a personal God. You know, Maybe he is knowable. And then take them another step further. So wherever they're at, if they're right on the verge of becoming a Christian, that's a real privilege to be able to lead them to Christ. But most people I find in Australia that I speak with you know, are not right at that point yet. And if we try and push them to that point, we're going to drive them away. It's not a good idea. Allow God to be God. Jesus is the saviour of the world, not me. I don't need to save people. I just need to do what he's called me to do, to preach the gospel and encourage people to Christ. Interesting, Stu, to hear that reflection and using the analogy of the high-pressure salesman because I'm sure that some people in church life, and when you've been around for a few decades as a Christian, you, you've you seen a whole bunch of high-pressure situations where yes. people have been pressured and mm. where the decisions that were made in those times perhaps mm. didn't stick. Yep. So really what you're, what you're aiming at, if you're going to be a witness for Christ, uh, is not uh, you know the old uh, idea of, uh, of winning a scalp. Yes. Uh, but it is actually the idea of winning someone who will become a disciple of Christ. And, mm. and you know, you can feel perhaps a little bit inadequate if mm. you haven't led someone through to a point where they have become a believer. But, but you are a, a point of a participant in the process. And, uh, mm. and so we can get all uptight about this and feel like mm. the high pressure thing's not for me. But, uh, but where would you say that people ought to aim when it comes to this sharing of their faith, this being a witness of Christ? Mm. Well, I think we need to look at the scriptures and say, well, what are we called to do? And if we do that well, we can say we've succeeded. <laughs> and right. we've been asked to, to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And so for me, if I clearly articulate the gospel message and without using our Christianese, our jargon, and a language people can understand and they get it, I've succeeded. You know, because I, I often, as a full-time evangelist, I get asked this all the time as I go into pastor's office. They say, well, hey, this G7, what, you know, what's it like? How successful is it? And I say, it's 100% successful. They're like, what? Every, <laughs> everybody gives their lives to Christ. You're kidding me. Yeah. Nothing's 100% successful. And I say, well, it depends on your definition of success. I mean, if you're saying coming to Christ, I'd say, well, you know, that's God's job. It's what he does in someone's life. John 6, 65 says no one comes to the Son unless they're drawn by the Father. And so no one can come to God unless there's a divine work of the Holy Spirit working in someone's heart. 
I can't save people. In fact, that's the response from the person that you're sharing the gospel with. Their response and what you're doing is completely different. You're completely two different people. You cannot make someone respond. So it's God's working on them. But what you do is what you're called to do, which is preach the gospel. So my my thing is, have you clearly articulated the gospel? I know with the tools that we use, it is a really clear presentation. That's why I say it's 100% successful. Because if I go out and, and people don't give their lives to Christ, which regularly happens, you know, because not everyone's at that point, I don't go, oh, my goodness, I've failed. Oh, my goodness, I, I've, I'm terrible as an evangelist. didn't lead anyone to the Lord today. No, I come back rejoicing and saying, hallelujah, I've planted some seeds. I've done what you've called me to do. I've clearly articulated the gospel. Lord, water those seeds. Bring those people to yourself. Thank you that I'm a part of the journey, part of your plan, part of what you're doing in their lives, a link in the chain to take them another step closer. Bring along another Christian, please, Lord, to, to help them on another another step further to you. Yeah. And sometimes you'll be at a point where someone is ready yeah. to decide to follow Jesus. Yes. And, uh, and so you're ready with a, a way to lead people to a point where they can in themselves affirm mm. that belief. And sometimes we call that mm. a sinner's prayer. And sure. you can get all theological about whether that's necessary or not because mm. it really is something that's happening in the heart. In the heart but yes. uh, those moments, Stu, when you are at the right place at the right time and someone is giving their heart mm. and their life to be a follower of Jesus Christ, those are exciting moments. They are, and they give you real joy to be able to do that. And um, But I think... I think, you know, that, that we're all excited about that and we all want that. But I think when there's so much pressure put on us, and often it comes from the pulpit, you know, go out and win souls, win souls. And, and when we use that sort of te- te- terminology, we think we've got to get people over the line. And that's when we can sometimes, uh, you know, put pressure on people and to do something they're not willing to do. And the old, old expression, you know, a person convinced against their will is still of the same opinion still. And we might get someone to pray a sinner's prayer, but, you know, I don't want a decision. I want a disciple. I want a genuine person who wants to do it, not because I'm telling them they should. (laughs) Or, you know, I don't want to win an argument and and have them pray a prayer. I want them to come to Christ because they want to and uh, they're ready to. And that's important. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you. It is the Tuesday edition of 2020, and we're talking about some very interesting dimensions of becoming a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. Our special guest this hour is Stu Miller. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim, and we're talking about that decision that we make when we come to be a follower of Christ. Sometimes we talk about that as being born again, and that's the biblical terminology that Mm. I actually love to use, Stu. And Mm. uh, it takes a process for someone to get to that point. And even when we look in the Scriptures, we're able to see even where people had encounters with Jesus himself in the Gospels. They were on Mm. a journey too, Mm. and Jesus was able to bring them to a point where they would either believe or disbelieve. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and understanding that journey is is so so important for us as Christians, you know, because I think we can either underestimate our, our value in sharing the gospel or overestimate it. You know, and when we underestimate it, we don't understand just how powerful the gospel message is and and what God can do through our lives. We can we can change, you know, be a part of God changing the world, transforming the world, changing people's lives through this powerful message. And then on the other side, if we overestimate, we're we're going well. 
It's all up to me. I've got to convert everyone I talk to, you know, and that, that can make us annoying and, and inappropriate and, and like we talked about before, like a, a high-pressure salesman trying to push something on someone that they don't want. And, and, you know, understanding this process is fantastic because it relieves a huge weight off my shoulders to know that I don't need to save the world. It's God's job. But it's a, such a privilege to be a part of what God's doing and I can do my little part and you can do your little part and we're all part of what God's doing. It's fantastic, Neil. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to share your story. Let's hear from Jeff in Tasmania. Hello, Jeff. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Oh, thank you, yeah, Jeff. What are your yeah. thoughts? Um, my thoughts. I, I can remember when I was uh, probably in grade six. Um, I was confirmed at a at an Anglican church, um, and uh, and that really, I suppose, that was the start of my, my Christian walk. I um, sort of had my ups and downs uh, through life, and, and it wasn't until probably ten or fifteen years later um, I was um, I was born again, um, and yeah, and, and that's and that's how it all started. And I just really feel with um, uh, going out touching people, I I, I find um, action I find in my life um, I've actually touched people more in action than word. That's a good point. Uh, let's let's get a few thoughts from Stu. Uh, more uh, t- touching people's lives in action, and sometimes more in action than words. Uh, and of course, uh, on the other things that Jeff's reflecting on there, Stu, your thoughts. Oh, a couple of, a couple of good thoughts in there. One, one is that often, you know, when you're younger, you you have a you know something like confirmation, or you're brought up in. A, uh, you have RE at school or, you know, for me that was impacting. Uh, for, a number of different things can happen. But, you know, it's not until maybe a few years later that you come to that point in your journey where you're really ready to surrender your whole life over to Jesus Christ and become born again. You become a new creation. Your, your whole life's transformed. But all of those factors help towards it. And so that's a good thing that Jeff's just brought out there. Second thing as far as action goes is definitely as Christians we need to have our walk and our talk being the same. You know, we can't just preach about Jesus and then live an awful, ungodly, you know, uh, hypocritical life. We've got to uh, demonstrate Christ's love in our actions. But what I would say on, on the caution of that is some Christians then just have actions and they say, I'm going to live a good life and, and I won't talk to anyone about Jesus, but I'll just, people will know about Jesus because of my life and my actions. I'm just going to shine my light. And, and that's, that's an extreme the other way, unfortunately, as well. Because people are not going to know about the way of salvation by osmosis. <laughs> they're not going to, you know, just work out. Because Buddhists live a good life, you know, and they're not sharing the gospel. They're not pointing people to God, you know. Uh, many people in our society live a good life, but as Christians, we've got to go beyond our actions to actually sharing that special message of the gospel, that message of salvation. So it's both. It's not either or. It's both. Jeff from Tasmania, just great getting your insights. Thanks so much for your thoughts today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Well, there's a big variety of ways that we come to know Christ. Uh, you might like to share yours. So we're hearing from people like Jeff. Uh, you heard some uh, some of our stories. You heard my story. You heard uh, Stu's story. Contribute your story on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let me come back to the actions and the words, Stu, because uh, when I'm thinking of the actions, and I was hearing Jeff uh, share what he was saying, and then and then your response there. Uh, for people who are involved in church life, uh, they don't see themselves as the evangelist, you know, the one who sure. shares the words, but. 
they're happy to be uh, in the van that goes out on a Thursday night and uh, taking that food parcel to a needy family. Mm-hmm. They're the hands and feet of Jesus in the sense of that that physical demonstration of the love of God to the community, or they're involved in all sorts of other activities, or even at church on Sunday, the person on the door mm-hmm. who's greeting people with a smile and the mm-hmm. warmth that embraces uh, that visitor, uh, sure. or the one who's sharing uh, by by uh, making the coffee after mm-hmm. church. Those sorts of things, they are demonstrations of the love of Christ, and sure. they are a part of the message, but as you say, it's different to actually the words. That's right. I mean, the words actually explain why we need to be saved, how Jesus can save us, his, his death and his resurrection, uh, and what we need to do in order to be saved. And there's no way that you can communicate those three points just through our actions. People can feel loved. They can feel affirmed. They can feel, hey, this is a good thing. I like these Christians. I like what they're representing. But unless we actually articulate it, they won't know how to be saved. And so I'll give you an example. You, you, you mentioned food parcels, for example. That's a wonderful thing. And all those things you mentioned are amazing and, and wonderful things that we should be doing and continue to do as Christians. Um, but my church, um, uh, you know, my previous church back in New Zealand before we shifted over 11 years ago, they had a food bank running for years and years and years and years. And um, But I asked a question one day. I said, well, what are you doing to communicate the gospel? To these people, and they're like, "Oh no, it's just no strings attached. We just love people. They're going to see by our actions." I said, "Yeah, but we need to communicate the gospel." And so, I, I, I talked to the leadership about it, and they agreed to to have me come along to the food bank. And because while the parcels are being, you know, uh, got together, there's about ten minutes, you know, while they're waiting, and then they they give them the parcel because they say what they want. And so I thought, well, I'll sit in the waiting room and have a chat with people. So I did. And this is the first time the gospel had actually been communicated. And some of the people, I, when I was chatting with them, they actually thought that the church was just like an a, a agent for the government. They didn't even realize the food was coming from the church. Yes. <laughs> you know, and they thought that we were just a depot point for the government to, to, to give them food. And um, they didn't even realize it was coming from, from Christianity as such. But those that did realize, they thought, oh, this is great. Good on you. you know, you've really helped us out, this church. But they had no idea on the gospel. And it wasn't until I actually sat and explained the gospel, they're like, oh, I get why you're doing this. I get why you're showing God's love. You want us to come to know Christ as well. And it's like for the first time, the, the penny dropped, the, the light went on, and these people are going, I get the message. I get what you're all about now. And so important to, to have action and words going together. Another call. Uh, we've got, uh, is it Pooch? Who's uh, Pooch from Gold Coast in Queensland? Hello, welcome along. Hi, this is Pooch. How are you today? Very well. How do I pronounce your name? Pooch, like sound like watch. Okay, Pooch. Uh, we've just got a, we've just got about a minute to the news. What's your story, quickly? Uh, my story. I just uh, moved from New South Wales, and but originally I just come from Ethiopia, and we. Past uh, persecution, there was a massacre that carried out by Ethiopian government, 2003, and I lost nine people in my family, including my father, who is a pastor during that time. So after that, I become like uh, I start being a rebel, fight fighting against the government, which is the current government now, for what happened in our family, and I end up in prison. So in that prison, God me and found me and that's what 
changed my 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 life and what made me to also to call you guys today to wow you so you heard the gospel in prison watch I wish we had more time to hear your story now, but I want to thank you so much for sharing that, uh, hearing the gospel in prison and responding, having been arrested. Watch, uh, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. We're back with more after the news. Our special guest this hour is Stu Miller. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. Stu, what a, an amazing story we heard at the uh, top of the hour just before mm. the news. Yes. And uh, and uh, for listeners, while the news was on, uh, we weren't listening to the headlines. We were talking to uh, his man whose name was Poitch. And I'm going to be in touch with him, and we'll hear his story more fully. Mm. And uh, we couldn't really hear it all today, but uh, I, from South Sudan mm. and uh, grew up. His dad was a minister of the gospel, but mm. uh, eventually he was uh, arrested and thrown into prison. And uh, it was in prison where he responded to the gospel. Mm. Uh, prison ministry. It's one of those ways, isn't it, Stu, that people actually sometimes uh, in the journey that they're on, God brings them to a point where they're at a low point uh, behind mm. bars and mm. then they are open to hear the things of God. Mm. Absolutely. I'm involved with a, uh, a couple of prison ministries, Inside Out Chaplaincy and um, Prison Ministry, uh, Prison Fellowship rather. Uh, so there's, there's, But there's a number of different uh, prison organizations that you can get involved in and go into prisons. So uh, normally people, you know, uh, they're looking for people to help them out, to go into the prisons, to share the gospel, to encourage these guys that are Christians within prisons. And there's real opportunities there. I, I sort of, some people say, oh, I, I want to share the gospel. There's no opportunities. But you can go into schools as a RE or RI teacher and have a classroom, you know, opportunity to share Christ with 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 uh, with students. You, you can go into prisons. There's so many different opportunities that are out there if we really want to to take them up. We're yeah. taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to be part of this conversation. Let's hear from Robin in Cabramatta in Sydney. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Oh, hello, hello, Neil. Hi, uh, Robin. Yes, my testimony is the fact that I met somebody where I was working at the time. Oh, you know, about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And we we got talking in, in, in a cafe eventually over a period of three, three weeks. And he, you know, gave me the spiel, but nothing registered until he said, Jesus is God. Well, I'd never heard that before. Any, I'd been brought up in the church, but I'd never heard that. Only Jesus is the Son of God, which made no impression. And I said, but what about um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And he said, he described it as being three roles or three offices or three, like, three dimensions. He didn't, he said, he didn't believe in three persons. And I thought, well, that made sense. (laughs) That made more sense to me than what I'd ever heard. So I went home that night. And I just gave my heart to the Lord like that. And my life has really changed since then. And I'm really thankful to the Lord Jesus for everything he's done and is doing in my life. Robin, great hearing your story. Let's get some response from Stu Miller. Stu, your thoughts on what Robin's sharing? Okay, well, um, workplace evangelism, there's another place where we can actually communicate the gospel, isn't it? And sometimes it's, uh, it's the people around us that we're working with or uh, that we're connecting with that uh, have that 
opportunity to be able to share with you. And I, I want to encourage every person who's in a workplace. Now, so you've got to be appropriate again. You don't go overboard and just start preaching to everyone and get yourself in trouble with the boss or taking people away from their work or, you know, in work time. Think about ways that you can share the gospel in a, in a, in a morning tea break or a lunch break or after, you know, inviting them to something, uh, you know, an outreach at your church or uh, chatting with them after work or, hey, you know, you might say to them, hey, there's something really important that's been on my heart I'd like to chat to you about for, for quite some time now, but but nervous about it. Can, can we have a coffee sometime, you know, out of work hours and, and have a chat? So there's a number of different ways you can do it. You can give them a tract. There's, there's, there's all sorts of ways. But it's encouraging for me to hear from Robin that someone at her work uh, had the boldness to encourage to talk to her. And, of course, going to have coffee these days uh, much more significant uh, than what it was probably that uh, 30 or 40 years ago that Robin's talking about because uh, that's the social thing that you do now. And that's the conversation right. around that cup of coffee, mm. when, everybody's, uh, when everybody's wired because having that coffee, you're all, everybody's thinking on a sort of a different plane. And, mm. uh, and to get into these sorts of topics, actually it's the ideal time, isn't it? Absolutely it is. And I think, you know, taking a humble approach, not, hey, I've got something to tell you, you have to listen, sit down and listen. It's more like, hey, look, I've really, something's important to me, I'd like to be able to share it with you. I'm nervous about it. You know, do you mind if I share? And then it's putting the power in their hands and they, they are feeling like, well, hey, you know, you're not pushing this on me. It's, it's important to you. Sure, I'll, I'll listen to what you've got to say. And, and if we're gentle and loving in the way that we communicate and, and clear in our communication of the gospel, then it can have a massive effect on people's lives. What about this element that Robin is sharing, saying that when she heard that Jesus is God, I mean, for some people, that's like contentious. I mean, will people believe me if I say Jesus is God? Uh, Will they believe me if I say that he rose from the dead? Mm. Uh, How important is it to actually understand who Jesus is uh, when someone is responding to the gospel? Well, it it is very important. Um, I mean, if you don't understand that Jesus is God or that he rose from the dead, then, you know, you're sort of missing a big part of the gospel message is death and resurrection is is right in the center of the gospel message. Um, So we shouldn't be afraid to, to do that. But um, for for if we know that someone's very skeptical, then I guess the way that we package that is important. You know, if God can create the heavens and the earth, if He can create everything out of nothing, then He can raise someone from the dead, no problem at all. Um, it makes sense. But if someone's got a uh, doesn't have a biblical worldview, they've got a humanistic worldview, they think all that life is 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 matter, then they're going to struggle with that. They're going to go, well, how can that happen? You know, I'm a scientist, or I, I believe in science, and you're, you're saying, well, look. Really, to believe that, you're believing that everything came out of nothing by nobody, which is not scientific because the law of cause and effect says that everything that has an effect has a cause. So we're actually a bit more scientific than that. You know, We, we believe that God created and therefore there is a cause, there is an effect, and therefore if there is a God who created, he has power over. He's put all the laws of nature. He can break them if he wants. He can raise someone from the dead. He can heal someone. He can do whatever he likes. And it all makes sense when that worldview is is challenged and understood, uh, but perhaps just saying someone you know Jesus God or Jesus rose from the dead for some people they'll react to that badly and go oh no I don't believe in all that fairy tales, 
Uh, but explaining it a bit further will help them to understand. Thank you so much to Robin from Cabramatta for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line remains open. You can be part of our conversation. We're talking about what happens in the lead up to that moment when you believe, when someone has shared the gospel with you. A variety of different ways. We're hearing that variety in our conversation today. You might have your own story to share. Call us on 1-800-316-316. Love to hear from you. Let's talk about testimonies for a few Mm. moments because uh, sometimes the most powerful thing that cuts through Mm. uh, in being at a point where you can share the truth of the gospel is your own story and mm. uh, and people can oftentimes see what you were before and well they know you uh, this year or three later and and you're a different person something's happened in your life testimony is very important absolutely uh, i uh, i mean it talks about in revelations they overcame through the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and that's a powerful thing and i think the, the really powerful thing about a testimony is it can't be argued with when you share your story with someone they can't go nah that didn't happen because they're really calling you a liar. I mean, you're, you're sharing what happened to you, and it's not like an intellectual discussion where people can you know, go back and forth and whatever. It's, it's a powerful message about how you came to Christ and how he impacted your life, and people can't argue with. But I'd say on, on the other side of that, just to bring a bit of balance, is that if we only ever share our testimony and not the gospel, people still don't necessarily know why they need to be saved themselves and how Jesus can save them and, and what, what they need to do to be saved. So they don't understand the, the way of salvation. So we still need to explain that, and, and we can do that within our personal testimony. We can actually weave that into it. But if we don't and we just share our testimony, in this postmodern era that we're living in where truth is relative and you know people just go, hey, Neil, that's great that you, you, know, you came to know Jesus. I'm glad it's working for you, mate. I'm not really into the religion thing myself, you know, it's not me, but good on you, mate. You know, that's great that you found Jesus and, you know, that you're you're happy with that. I think whatever makes you happy, mate. And you hear that again and again and again. And unfortunately, that's that's the result of just sharing a testimony. But if we can share the gospel, that confronts people. They're like, I will be standing before God when I when I die. I will be judged by a holy God, by his standards and not my own, and I'm in trouble. And then Jesus is giving me an offer of forgiveness and, and eternal life. That's relevant to me. It's not just your story. It's like it's relevant to me. So whilst testimonies are incredibly powerful, I think we've also got to weave in the gospel because that relates it to the person. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Doug in Rockhampton in Queensland. Hello, Doug. Welcome along to 2020. Yeah, hi, how are you today? Good, Doug. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, my, my, what happened with me was I, I was at a political meeting uh, and I, they were talking about the, our um, origins from the, our English background and they talked about all the, all the, the crosses on the, um, the Union Jack and how they had a Christian origin and what they represented and how that we moved away from our Judo-Christian ethics, you know, and, I wasn't really that way in time. And I thought, oh yeah, that's interesting, and so it made me think a bit. And then I, uh, not long after that, there was a uh, evangelist in town, and he um, named Bill Newman, and he um, went through. He was on the radio talking about the breakdown of the family, and and he started talking about their origins and how we'd come out. You know, a lot of the Australians had come from England, so it made me think. And I walked past his meeting. I, was, I guess I was drawn. Walked past where they're having a meeting, and there was two Salvation Army officers standing at the door. And I thought, oh, I've seen them in the pub, and I thought they're pretty tame. So I went in, 
yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how I got saved. But yeah, and but it was because of this, uh, you know, just wondering about you know, how our the foundation of Australia and how we came from these Judeo Christian ethics, and it made me to really think, yeah. Wow, that's that's just fabulous, and because uh, we love to talk about our heritage mm. and all of those sorts of symbols of our past, uh, which actually do impact on our present. And and Doug, when I hear that story, I'm so encouraged because mm. in this day and age, when people are talking about Australia as a secular nation, the idea of uh, revisionist uh, history of ta- trying to take those things out of who we really are, uh, mm. you're bringing back to uh, to the reality just the importance of recognising that Christian heritage. So Mm. we don't often think about that as part of sharing the gospel, but Mm. but those sorts of historical facts Mm. and the way that we're shaped, very important, Stu. Mm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it it can be a good way of leading into the gospel. Many times when I've chatted with people, I said, you know, uh, you know, and leading into talking about the Bible, I said, you know, that the Bible, you know, can be a bit heavy, a bit hard to understand, and and you know, I want, want to talk about it. But you know, our, our common law is actually based on the, the Ten Commandments, which comes from the Bible, and our heritage, our Christian heritage, is from many years ago. You know, Christian missionaries brought over the gospel and changed, you know, the culture that we, you know, benefit from today is because of that. And so, explaining a little bit of the history can actually really help lead into the importance of the Bible and the Christian faith. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you. Stu Miller is with us. We're talking through the variety of ways that we respond to this gospel message, this message of salvation that we understand from the Bible. Stu, we've been reflecting on a whole different, lot of different ways Mm. that people come to Christ. Uh, Sometimes people can't identify a single point where they actually did first believe, Mm. and yet they're strong in their faith, strong believers, and and, and things go well for them uh, in in the sense of of the way that they live their life. Mm. Uh, It is important, I guess, for some people to have a starting point to their Mm. faith. Mm. Others who've grown up in a Christian home, sure. well, in, in some sense, isn't that the ideal that we all would like to mm. see mm. Uh, with children who are uh, believers right from their early days? But mm. this variety of ways, we can't be just locked into just one way because perhaps understanding that there are a lot of ways that people come to Christ mm. uh, is a way to uh, to encourage our own hearts to actually be out involved in more witnessing and evangelism. Mm, absolutely. And it is encouragement for those mums out there that are that are talking to their children about Jesus and encouraging them and, and bringing them up in a Christian environment that even though, you know, some people brought up in a Christian family, like you say, they, they can't pinpoint that exact moment where they stepped over the line, where they, they gave their life to Christ. They, they're still strong Christian uh, people who have had that event. At some stage, they just don't remember it, you know, because it was, it was a part of their life, which is fantastic. And other people, it's like, darkness to light you know it's like oh you know i was a drug pusher and i you know doing all this stuff and then i came to christ and my life radically changed you know but not everyone's got that testimony you know some people were uh brought up in a christian family i'd encourage you that no matter what testimony you've got share how you know about jesus and how you came to know jesus because it doesn't have to be spectacular and uh you know outrageous in order to be powerful because there's other people in the same situation as you that uh, just need a little encouragement. So good on your mums and dads out there that are bringing your children up in the ways of the Lord.
It's a fantastic thing, yeah. There has been a couple of references in this conversation this hour of mm-hmm. people who were brought up in a Christian environment, yes. uh, but they themselves eventually came to a point where they mm. recognised that there was a born-again experience. That's now, that's, right. that sort of born-again terminology that comes from the Bible. That's yes. the words that Jesus used. Yep. So uh, when we talk about that, there is a sense, isn't there, in which uh, we can't rely on our parents' faith to say that, this Definitely. is who you are as a Christian, mm. even though mm. we might hold those same values. There is a particular point where each of us as individuals need to come to mm. Jesus Christ ourselves. Absolutely. And when children are young, they just go along with what their parents are, are doing. I mean, my, I've got a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old, and they, they all just like think mum and dad know everything, you know, and it's going to be a bit of a shock for us you know, <laughs> as they go through, you know, yeah. later. And, and they, then we'll, they'll discover that we know nothing, you know, and then apparently we know nothing. And then hopefully later on they'll discover that we actually did know something. There's a, that transition that goes through uh, young people. But they've got to come to that point themselves where they go, this is my personal decision. It's not based on my parents. Regardless of what my parents believe, I'm going to make a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ and then. Yeah. We mentioned that this coming Saturday, the 28th of May, is set apart as Global Outreach Day. Mm. And uh, people have been hearing me talk about the National Day of Thanks, which is also mm. this coming Saturday. They're not connected officially, but they both have the same sort of goal in mind of, uh, of breaking the ice, getting mm. outside of the walls of the church, uh, thanking people in the community as a way of breaking the ice. Uh, But Global Outreach Day, it really is about, uh, hey, how about sharing the gospel, Mm. being a witness, telling people what the gospel message is, and uh, and there'll be some fruit from that. Mm. I mean, the slogan is, everyone can do something, and together we can change the world. And so that's a great slogan, because we're working as a team with millions of other Christians around the world, where together we can make a difference in our communities and our nations and in this world. And uh, the gospel, uh, you know, sinks right into the hearts of people. If anything's going to transform someone's life, it's going to be the gospel. I mean, if there was a better way, Jesus would have told us to do it. But he, he said, go into the world and preach the gospel, which Paul says is the power of God for salvation. So be encouraged today. Get out there on Saturday, reach someone, pray about who you're going to reach. Uh, think about it in, in your mind. You know, it might be a, someone that you're going to organise to have a cup of coffee with, or it might be a total random st- stranger. You might use a tract. You might use Facebook or do something online. Post a Christian gospel video. You know, we've got some available on our site that you can access. Uh, might be using the the Gospel in Seven, uh, you know, app that that we promote and we've developed, and that's a great way to share the gospel. Whatever way you want to do it, there's no one way of doing it. But just make sure you don't do one serious mistake. There's only one serious mistake that you can make, and that is to do nothing. <laughs> well, we've got time for one more call. Norm is in Adelaide. Hi, Norm. Welcome along to 2020. Hi there. How you doing? Very good. Norm, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, a few years ago, that we, we had in our church, we were praying for a particularly young fellow, uh, to accept Christ, he was a you know fantastic young man. Anyway, an invitation was given that night at church to anyone who wanted to accept Christ to step to the front of the meeting, which he did. But as he sat there and everybody was congratulating him, uh, he had this stunned look on his face, like, uh, "What have I done? I mean, what's happened?" Um, so I went home that night and I was just about to get in the bed, and the Lord said to me, "Look, stop a minute. I want you to write this down." And out of that came a leaflet that I've called, What Have I Done and Why? Uh, and I'll very briefly summarize. What have I done? You've asked Jesus by faith to come into your life. And why? You did all this because the Holy Spirit of God was speaking to you and convicting you. 
you listened to what was being said and you responded to it. And then what's happened to me now? You're a child of God. You're now to live a God-forgiven, Jesus Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-guided, empowered life. And then what happens now? Uh, in this, you uh, live by faith, trusting obedience in the Son of Jesus Christ. You now live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then you're to uh, uh, go, you know, start reading your Bible, start with the Gospel of John, and uh, go from there and join a, uh, a, a study group, a fellowship group of some sort, where they can help you answer your questions that you're asking. Norm, that is just fabulous, and uh, glad to hear that you've produced that little follow-up booklet, and I imagine that's uh, being used in your local church, and many local churches have similar sorts of things. And I know that when there's big crusades, uh, oftentimes you know, a counsellor will go and stand behind someone who's making a decision for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and the job of that counsellor on the night when people go forward, say at a big, uh, like a Will Graham crusade, like we've mm-hmm. just seen last weekend, uh, has been the idea that that counsellor actually then takes time to explain to the person who's responding for the first time just what they've done and then Mm. what are those steps to go next. And then there's a follow-up that can happen beyond that, which helps people to assimilate into a local church situation. Uh, We've run out of time, but Norm, thank you uh, for your call. Norm from Adelaide. Uh, Just quickly, uh, as we wrap things up, Stu, uh, the sorts of resources that you've got on your website at www.traintoproclaim.com. Mm-hmm. What will people find when they go on, online at your site? We just click on the free resources tab, free evangelism resources, and there's a number, a number there that you can get. Um, we've got tracks. Um, definitely click on the app tab, the G7 app or Gospel and 7 app, because if you've got a smartphone, whether that be Android or Apple or tablet, you get a tablet at home, um, put it onto your device because it's a great way of sharing the gospel, either using the video option, which is a seven-minute video, and you simply give it to someone and say, have a look at this. I mean, it couldn't be easier than that. Or you can use the interactive option, which is the one I like, and that's actually going through the gospel. But again, as long as you can read and tap on the screen, you can do it. We've tried to make it super easy. I will note that there's a training video uh Below the apps, uh, the, the devices there, because you just click on your device and it will take you to the the right app store to download it. But under that is a video, and it's 25 minutes long, and it explains to you how you can use the app really well. So I'd encourage people to get a hold of that because it's a great resource to do it. Um, but, yeah, there's a number of different resources online there. But feel free. They're free. Yes, well, the website address is www.traintoproclaim.com. And uh, there's also another site for your Gospel in 7 app, although yes. you can access it when you go to Train to Proclaim. So remember that uh, website, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, be able to download that Gospel in 7 app. Uh, to mention, too, the Global Outreach Day is on this coming Saturday, uh, the 28th. There is a website for that, too. It's www.globaloutreachday.com. And if you go onto that site and just uh, see some of the testimonies and just uh, uh, see how far widespread, Mm. how many people will be reached on that day, you will be absolutely inspired. Mm. Uh, Stu, we've run out of time, but it's always great getting your insights into these important issues. And I look forward to our next time when we get together again and we'll tackle another dimension of what it is to be a witness and person who is involved in evangelism. Mm. Stu, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.